So this is SJ and this is just a little note before we start this one that this is kind of a weird episode because the first half was of an episode that we intended to delete and didn't because there's this interesting thing that happens with something like this where it's about authenticity but it's also curated and there have been a few episodes that we've deleted and this one was going to be one of them, but we thought it would be kind of interesting to maybe just show you guys. I, I mean, the reason we wanted to delete it is because we sort of don't have an argument, but I think it's the first time that, that Peter's genuinely critical of me and I don't know how to... I, 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 it's vulnerable because I think he might have a point. And, you know, I like experimenting with vulnerability so I suppose this is a, another experiment at that. So that's the first half and then the second half is the first half of another very long conversation of which the second half you'll get next week. So here goes the podcast that almost never was. Did I tell you that I ha- I think I had a dream about the podcast? You had a dream about the podcast? I think I had a dream about the podcast. Was I there? Yes. <laughs> okay. I just wanted to make sure that I was like an integral element to the podcast <laughs> in your dream. Yes. It is. <laughs> the reason I think I had a dream is because there was like five or six days when I couldn't remember if there was stuff that we discussed or stuff that I dreamt that we discussed. Ooh, that sounds exciting. Have you ever had that with like conversations? Yeah. Yeah. I do that all the time. So I can't remember what they are now because this was a couple of weeks back, but... I was genuinely for a few days being like, man, I wish I'd represented myself better in that conversation. Wait, did, did we have that conversation? <laughs> I don't even know. It's very confusing and off-putting. You said you had some stuff to tell me. I am in Toronto. Did you know that? You say that at the start of so many podcasts. And also, yes, I did. I guarantee I have never said that I'm in Toronto before now. No, but you're like, I'm in blank. I think it's interesting. Is it not interesting? It's just like, way to rub it in, man. You're in Toronto. It's so cool. And I was not scheduled to be in Toronto for another, like, month or so. But? Before I dated you, Ooh. I never really had a girlfriend. Like, you were my, you were my first human girlfriend. When, except for, like, what were the non-human girlfriends? <laughs> there was a couple of pogs. There was... Do you say pogs? Yeah, pogs. What are pogs? They're like a, a toy thing from the 80s. Oh, okay. There were like little, the little discs with like faces on them that I think you'd throw at each other. I never actually had any. I was just making a vague cultural reference. Okay. I never actually dated any pogs. I'm sorry to, to lie to you on, on being honest with my ex. The podcast about being truthful, I told a lie. You're an awful person. Before I dated you, I never had a girlfriend. Yes. But what I did have was these really intense friendships. Okay. What? what? No, no, no. I'm just like, where are you going with this? You sound really harsh. I'm just like, I just don't want any more uncomfortable feelings right now. I probably have more uncomfortable feelings inside me than than you could predict. Eight. Nah, it's more like 17. Whoa, that is way more than that. Billion. That's just nonsense at that point. (laughs) (laughs) 17, I could conceive. Um, So before I did you, I never had any girlfriends. I had a lot of male friends and female friends, like really intense, close, platonic love friendships Uh uh-huh and then i dated you and that was really intense Uh uh-huh 
And then we had a breakup and that was really intense. Uh-huh. Apparently more intense than the relationship itself. Yeah, I'd say so. And then I dated another girl and that was really intense. And then we had a breakup and that was fairly intense as well. Okay. And I really like noticing patterns in myself because I think that's useful. I think that's a useful behavior to have. And I realized... So, uh, in episode 18, we talked about my friend Christopher. Yes. And he and I, over the last like year or so, have had this incredibly intense friendship. Yes. Like, we're both straight and platonic, and I'm not saying that to be defensive, but to point out that you can have relationships as intense as a romantic relationship platonically. Yes. And last week, I basically broke up with him. What? What happened? <laughs> this is why I thought you'd be interested in hearing the story. Wow, I was just so, I was so... Bored. <laughs> tell me. No, not bored. I was just like, yes, okay, uh-huh, checks out. Tell me the interesting bit. What the hell happened? <laughs> so my plan, and this is something that's been sprinkled throughout the entire podcast. <laughs> We've been setting this up. This has been well-constructed narrative. Um, my plan was to move to America. Yes. Specifically, I wanted to move to St. Louis and I wanted to work in close proximity with Christopher because we love each other and we work really well together. And I wanted to oh work God. with his company. I wanted to live in St. Louis. And over the last two months, I've been working really hard towards that goal. And I've had my Kickstarter, which has been doing super well. And I thought, like, that's going to get me closer, etc. It turns out the visa that I was going for, it just can't happen for, like, a handful of really uninteresting reasons. It just isn't possible. Yes. It is theoretically possible in six months' time. Yes. But I spent like three weeks on tenterhooks being like, oh, this is probably going to happen. Like all signs pointed to yes. And then all of a sudden it was a no. It was a no, but like no, but in six months it can almost definitely happen. Yes. And I realized that I can't live like that. Like I've been on the road for close to a year now. I've not had a place that I live. I haven't been able to date, like long-term date. Yeah. I haven't been able to put down roots. I haven't been able to make new permanent friends. I haven't been able to store my clothes anywhere but a suitcase for almost a year now. And that is exhausting. I don't know if you've if you've done that. I'm looking at you right now. We, we always have video on Skype when we do these. And you have a room. And you have shelves. And you have stuff on the walls. And you have plants. And I have consistent audio quality on this podcast. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm always in my room. And, like, even being able to schedule this podcast, like, that's all stuff that I want so desperately. I'm so sick of being unstable. I'm so sick of moving around. And so for a while there, I really thought, like, I was just going to be able to stay in St. Louis and that would be it. I'd have those things. Yeah. Turns out, no, for reasons that are no one's fault. It's just the way of life. But in six months' time, I could, like, try it all again, which would mean I moved to Toronto, where I am now. And this is why I mentioned it at the start, because it was fucking relevant. <laughs> So I would go to Toronto for six months and then come back and try for St. Louis again. And I realized on the day that I heard the no that I just, I couldn't do that. I could do that. I would be very unhappy. I just can't spend another six months. Like, I want to join a gym. I want to sign a lease on a fucking house. Like, I want to live somewhere Yeah. for more than six months. And so I came to that realization. And so I decided that in six months time, I am not going to reapply for a visa to America. I am going to stay in Toronto. Wow. I am probably going to stay in Toronto for like three to five years. Maybe more. Toronto is going to be my permanent home for years. Why Toronto? It's the biggest city in Canada. Yeah, sure. It's like Canadian New York. Is Toronto on the east or the west? It's in the middle. 
It's closer to the east. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got on a bus from Toronto to New York, I think, and it took a day. Yeah, about a nine-hour bus trip. Yeah. So Toronto, like, more than anything, it is somewhere that I can stay. Yeah, yeah. And so I came to that realization, and that was a big decision for me, and that was a lot of thinking and choice and thoughts and emotions. And I realized that if I'm going to be in Toronto, I'm not going to be in St. Louis. Yeah, that's where Christopher is. I'm waiting for the bit where it gets to, like, why you can't be friends with Christopher. It's not that I can't be friends with Christopher. I just can't be with Christopher in the way that we were both expecting me to. Yeah, for sure. And so I, I sat down with Christopher and I told him that. What did he say? He did very Christopher things. So if anyone listening to this knows Christopher, you'll understand what that is. Uh, like, you'll already know what I'm about to say, which is that he spent a little bit of time angry and a little bit of time sad and a lot of time trying to reason with it. And basically went through the seven stages of grief. <laughs> we sat down at the computer and we tried to work out if I could get that visa after all. And it turns out that we, I just absolutely can't. And he spent a lot of time being like, I need to process this because I don't know if I'm thinking selfishly or unselfishly. Yeah. Because I think you're right, Peter. I think the best thing for you to do is to go to Toronto for like three to five years. But my brain is being like, no, obviously the best thing for him to do is to stay here in St. Louis. (sighs) Borders, man. Yeah, I know. It's, It's fucking ridiculous. So I had that conversation with Christopher and that was intense. And then we both spent like a couple of days processing I wanted to talk about this for a couple of reasons. Firstly, because I thought you'd find it interesting. Secondly, because in the same way as we do this podcast because you don't see this relationship between exes ever conveyed, like Christopher and I have a really intense platonic friendship where we really actively love each other. Like we really deeply love each other and we're both two straight guys and that is not represented. But if you don't jerk each other off, then it's not real love. I did not say that we don't jerk each other off. (laughs) You cannot quote me on saying that. Uh, (laughs) We don't jerk each other off. (laughs) Well, now I can quote you on it. (laughs) So after that conversation, you know, I spent the rest of the week in St. Louis and then we all went to PAX, which is a big gaming convention. Uh, If anyone is in the gaming community, you'll know what PAX is. But SJ, you've been to PAX, you know what PAX is. I've helped run a stall at PAX, you dick. It's true. Uh, We went to PAX East, which is the biggest PAX. It's about four times as big as the Melbourne PAX. Oh, yeah. And the plan was for me to go from PAX for another three weeks, like travel down the coast and visit a bunch of friends and then eventually like start heading up to Toronto. Yeah. And I'd been at PAX for eight hours when I was like, I am going to go to Toronto right now. Wow. And I got in a car and I drove until 3 a.m. and then I slept and then I got up and I drove until I was in Toronto. Wow. Why did you leave? Because, well, this, this is the thing. I find it really helpful to notice patterns in my life because it means that I'm like, oh, here's a thing that I do that seems logical at the time, but looking back, it always happens this way. It might not, might not actually be logical because I want to live a more lo- logical life. And about a month after you and I broke up, I just needed to get out of there. Uh, like I entirely moved house in like two days time. Yeah, I do remember. And... After that, it turns out the house that I moved to was also awful, so I totally moved house again. After the girlfriend who I dated after you and I broke up, I flew to America. Oh, yeah. So when you're noticing a breakup flee pattern. Yeah. Like, I would put Christopher in the top four most intense emotional relationships I've ever had. Of which I'm number one, of course. Oh, I forgot about you. Yeah. um... (laughs) (laughs) No, yeah, you, you would be number one. But it depends, as we discussed last time, it depends how you're assessing. Anyway, 
So I'm just curious about what you're making of this pattern. I don't know. That's why I wanted to talk to you because you are much better at emotions than I am. <laughs> I feel like you're outsourcing. You are correct. <laughs> <laughs> I don't fucking know, man. Like what, what kind of insight would you like me to have? I want to say a thing that might be dicky. I mean, it's never stopped you before. So when you have like a job application or something coming up, you will email it to me and I will read over it and I'll give you thoughts and feedback. And, you know, when, when you're writing an article, you'll email it to me and I'll give you thoughts and feedback. I tend to be very active in the projects that you have going on. Yeah. Whereas like, have you backed my Kickstarter? No, but I have. Since last time we spoke about it on the podcast, I did watch the video. <laughs> that was Christopher. He's the pirate. I know. We talked about it. I'm just wondering about what you're, like, I'm confused about what you're getting at. So I feel like I provide you a lot of creative support. Yeah. I would like some emotional support. Okay. So here's the thing, right? It feels really weird to do this on a podcast. How come? Because there's like competing priorities. What do you mean? So there's this priority of like, we're making a podcast, presentational, blah, blah, blah. And there's this other aspect of like being there for you. So it's just weird. It's not interesting to be there for me. <laughs> no, no, maybe I am. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. Wait, a, is this the thing that you actually wanted to talk about? Yeah. I wasn't sure whether this was a sidetrack to the thing you wanted to talk about, which was Christopher. Oh no, sorry, this is a sidetrack. Yes. Okay. I want emotional support about the Christopher thing <laughs> and the patterns and the the thing I, I described. <laughs> Now it feels weird because I feel like anything I'm going to say is going to sound really forced. What do you mean? Isn't that how advice works? I don't know, what's, what's your take on the whole sitch? You know, it's difficult because I haven't seen you through most of those fleeing things. You're seeing me now. I know, but I mean, when we broke up and moved out, we weren't in contact. And then the person that you dated after that, and then when you went to America, I wasn't talking to you. I don't know that much about that pattern. I do know that you like making decisions and you really enjoy quitting stuff. I'm very good at letting go of things. Yeah. I don't know if I enjoy quitting, but I'm very good at looking at something and being like, I don't need that in my life. And then just totally taking it out of my life. Yeah. I'm just not, I'm not really sure what, I feel like you're asking me to be a professional emotion haver. I mean, that is literally the best description of you I have ever heard. <laughs> Professional emotion haver. Like, I'm surprised that is not already on your business card. Oh, that's a good idea. I'm not asking you to solve it. I'm just being like, here's a thing I've noticed. Discuss. Help me discuss this. Sure. I mean, that's why I was like, I'm curious about what, what do you want from me? The sentence I just said is the answer to that question. I know. <laughs> This feels so awkward. Okay. How, how do you feel about that? We've done this before. Why, why are you freaking out suddenly? I just don't feel like we've, we've done it on a podcast in ages. Not on a podcast, but we've done it. I've been like, hey, here's a thing. You've been like, that's interesting or that's weird or that's sad. Let's talk about it. I mean, I just think that it's sad in this way that I understand. Can you help me understand it? You don't understand it? I, d I don't know. This is, I'm coming to you for help. I'm coming for you to help in hitting a brick wall. It's very frustrating. I feel like what you've done is you've given me a high school English essay topic, which is 
Peter and his best friend broke up. Discuss. No, it's this tendency I have to flee. I don't know if that's a good okay. thing or a bad thing. I don't know how to feel about that. I don't know whether it's something I should address or whether I should look at or whether it's something that doesn't matter. Okay, or... sure. Okay, well, step one, validation. Yeah, I have noticed that you do that. <laughs> Fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> no, but like I noticed that you do that. You can just say, Peter, I don't want to help you with your emotions. I will instead back your Kickstarter. That's okay to say. <laughs> no, I'm just, it's weird because you don't often do that. You don't often be like, can you please help me with this thing? This, I mean, you've got like a logical problem and I'm like, yeah, I can have solid opinions on that. But we relate in such different ways that when you ask me... You are being very unhelpful. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm really... It's a very uncomfortable experience. I, I don't think that there's anything wrong with what you're doing, though. I'll eventually run out of countries to move to. <sighs> That's a serious concerned but there's like a lot of countries <laughs> but i mean that's just like that's pretty normal okay let's scrap this whole podcast do you want to start a new one yeah <laughs> sure you didn't do anything wrong i just thought you'd have different opinions than you did i just like i just didn't yeah i just don't have it's okay i'm sorry don't delete the audio save it just in case okay I'm going to stop it there. Yeah, sorry about that. So that's the end of that bit where we thought that we were going to delete it. Peter wanted to include it because he thought that it was a bit of a change of our usual dynamic because it was Peter has feelings and SJ is really shit at dealing with them. <laughs> and I kind of like it maybe because I am really self-conscious about it. Because I'm like, oh, I sound like such a shit friend. And it's funny because the second half of this I'm also self-conscious about because we've just had this conversation about me being a shit friend and then we launch into this discussion about my life and depression and the mental health system and how we deal with mental illness or whatever. And listening to it made me feel kind of uncomfortable because there's this thing that happens with mental health challenges and it's something that I'm self-conscious about is that you become like really, you develop this really intimate, completely absorbing relationship with yourself and your mind. And I feel like that really comes out in this conversation in a way that makes me feel self-conscious. But I, I thought that it still had some good points in it. And, and he, here it is. You can make up your own mind. This time, less hard questions. <laughs> So what is the capital of Syria? Oh, oh, wait on. Can you Google out this pause and the sound of me typing? <laughs> I'm not going to be able to put this whole bit in because it's us referencing a podcast we just deleted. Damascus. Oh, is it? I did not know that. Yeah, well, now you are more learned. I'm not more learned because I already knew that, but you are. <laughs> so SJ, I notice you haven't backed my Kickstarter yet. Is there a reason? <laughs> Okay, so you know how you talk about how if someone unfollowed me on Twitter and that was <laughs> enough for our relationship to... Cease. Yeah, to cease. Then that person, I don't want them as a friend. Does that make sense? So you're sort of like, I don't need to back this Kickstarter, why would I? Well, no, no, no. It's just more like, I can't imagine myself playing this game. You could give it as a present to someone. 
I can't imagine who I would give it as a present to. You are bad at friends. You need better friends. No, no, no. It's just that I don't have many friends that play board games that wouldn't have already backed your Kickstarter. You could back it for a dollar and thus boost my Kickstarter ratings and show your support. Okay, sure. I'll do that. I think I just find it weird. And I actually do find it weird because if you had a Kickstarter, no matter what it was, I would immediately have backed it. Yeah. Like day one, I would have backed it. And you would have expected me to back it. And yet, like, I'm at day... I've got five days until it finishes. I'm at, like, day 34. And you wouldn't have even, you've never thought of backing it. No, I have thought about it. It's very presumptuous to think that I hadn't thought about it. I've looked at it and been like, yeah, this Peter's done a really great job. I wouldn't play this game because I don't <laughs> play games. I know, but it's not about actually getting the game. It's about showing your support. It's about showing my that's support. That's why the $1 pledge level is there. Okay, yeah, that's a pretty good point. Pretty good point. What's the $9? That's the game. You really haven't looked at it, have you? <laughs> I've looked at it. Project We Love. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you're further reinforcing my case that you haven't looked at it. No, I have looked at it. But, um... <laughs> Go on. I probably haven't looked at it as much as you've looked at it. That's true. I mean, Project We Love is really hidden away in the top center of the page there. Yeah, but also... Like, I, I'm like, why didn't you tell me? Tell you what? Like, that you got a Project We Love Kickstarter endorsement, or that your bloody game's getting $50,000 on Kickstarter. Don't take this as me trying to make you feel bad. This is genuinely the answer to that question. You've shown basically zero interest in this from day one. No, that is not true. You've never asked me anything about it. You didn't pledge a dollar support. That is absolutely zero, because... I was thinking to myself, okay, board game, it's not actually a thing that I'm interested in, but Peter is a person I'm interested in. Make sure, show your support. So I'll like look at it every now and then and I'll be like, congratulations. And then you rarely reply to my congratulations. I'm going through our chat now. You did give some feedback when I asked you for feedback. That was very nice of you. Yeah, I did do that. Uh, I told you that the first review went online. You said, wow, cool. That's very nice. I also watched the thing. I sent oh, you a screen you? cap of the little boy's face because he was very cute. <laughs> That's true. I mean, like, it's not my thing, but I'm like, I'm really proud of you and I'm really impressed and I'm very jealous. You're very jealous? Yeah, maybe that's why I'm like, not, you know. The last time you mentioned it was a month and four days ago. No way. I didn't even believe that. I messaged you this morning on Instagram about it. Oh, yeah, you replied to an Instagram post. That's true. Before that, nope, sorry, sorry, my bad, 28 days ago. Thank you. That's only four weeks. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a huge deal. I'm not trying to be a dick. I'm just surprised because if, if you were doing this exact same thing, if you were doing, what's something I have no interest in, if you were doing the football Kickstarter by SJ, I would have like backed it at a high level on the first day, but I would be giving you incessant updates. I think if I showed no interest, you would not be. No, I would. Well, I would definitely have asked you sooner. I haven't really thought about it. Like I said, it's not a huge deal. Because I like I, even man, this cat beard, the priority is cool. Even <laughs> even if it's like you're looking at the page for the <laughs> first, first time. time. Fuck you. Even if it's not <laughs> my thing, which board games, card games aren't my thing. But like, I'm still interested because it's your thing and I'm interested in what you're doing. I think the reason, and this is this is possibly not fair, but on the first day when I put it up, I was like, hey everyone, it is super important to get like 
as many backers as possible on the first day. Even if you're only back a dollar, that's so useful. And then you didn't back a dollar. And I was a bit like, oh. I never got that message. What's that message? I just posted it on like all the social medias. I'm not using Facebook. I'll say I check, I check your Facebook every day. Like separate to how I check Facebook. I click through to your Facebook every day. Yeah, I'm not on Facebook at all, dude. Not even my Facebook? No, no one's Facebook. Not even mine? So I never got that message. If you had said that to me directly, I would have been like, hell yeah. I would have felt weird about that. What? Saying it directly. Oh, nah, you can say that to me. Yeah, can I have a dollar? Sure, you can have a dollar. I'll back your damn project <laughs> right now. Fuck it, I'll buy a copy. Really? Yeah, why not? Now that you're so pissed off about it. Well, I mean, honestly, that was my thinking from day one. I was like, it's however many bucks. Why would you not just buy a copy and have it on your shelf and never play it? But be like, here is the thing that one of my closest friends made. Yeah, I mean, now that you say that, that makes sense. But there's also a part of my brain that's like, I have so much stuff, seriously. <laughs> no offense. It's super cute. It's a very cute game. But I would say that Kelly Joe, the artist, has done a very good job. She is a magnificent artist. Okay, here you go. Is that, is that the one I should get? Should I get the... I mean, I think you should get the $99 one, but it's up to you. Why should I get the $99 one? <laughs> so I get more of your money. No, don't do that. That's dumb. Two signed copies. I think I could get you to sign one. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly missing the point. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to Being Honest with My Ex. My ex is SJ, better known as Honor Eastley. My ex is Peter C. Hayward, better known as, like, killing it on Kickstarter. Fuck you. Why are you jealous? I mean, how are you jealous? You seriously don't... Un you don't experience the emotion jealousy in the same way that I do, or... Most humans. Yeah. We're on different planes with that. So I opened my Instagram this morning, and you put up some inane post. Nah. Some... <laughs> I was just, like, a very... It, it was a post, which was a picture of a steak, was it? Yeah, steak and veg. A picture of a steak and you saying, every time I get $50,000 on Kickstarter, I should buy myself a steak. And I was like, holy fuck. I think that's a reasonable policy. Yeah, that's fine. That's a fine policy, unless you're vegetarian. Even then, I really don't care if you eat a steak and you're vegetarian. I don't <laughs> like how people police other people's food. Anyway, <laughs> I was like, holy fuck. Peter's Kickstarter has $50,000. Last time I looked at it, it had $25,000. That's really cool. And then very quickly followed by, oh my God, I think maybe my life is awful. Whoa, what? Those two thoughts don't relate. Yeah, I mean, it depends, you know, on your perspective and the uh, connections that are preformed in your brain. Slash if you're feeling really shit already. Are you feeling shit? Are you okay? If I can get you to cry next podcast, we'll have a hat trick. <laughs> uh, um, yes. Yes, we will. Um, so it's... Oh, God. God. It's difficult because, like, the question, are you feeling shit? Feeling shit kind of feels like the baseline... You know, like changing baseline? If you... Yeah, yeah. I, I, I understand, but explain for the audience. I just put in a fancy reference that I didn't need to. 
happened? Now I'm like, how do I explain that? There's this thing called changing baseline, which is, so a good example is like, if we look at how many fish we catch right now, we could be like, oh, the populations are fine because we're getting this amount of fish. But if you look at how size or whatever we were catching 100 years ago and you compare that to what we're catching now, you'd be like, holy fuck, something is seriously wrong. But the thing is that what's considered normal changes slowly over time so that our perspective of what is good and bad or a lot of fish or not many fish or a bad size of fish changes. It's like how some people are like, obviously climate change isn't real. It's been this temperature my whole life. And... That might be true of your life, but if you go back, like you said, 100 years, the temperature is drastically different, and it has changed during your life, but so gradually that you'd never notice it. Yeah, yeah. So I feel like it's actually funny because every time we go to record a podcast, I start to get really anxious because... Because I'm going to make you cry? (laughs) No, just because I'm like, oh, fuck. I don't, like, I don't want to be a... I don't want to be... A damp cloth? A wet cloth? Yeah, I don't want to be a wet flannel. Who says flannel? Me. Like, do you say it in everyday life? Any bloody good Australian says flannel. We do not. I think I got that from my mum. My mum says flannel. Is she from Adelaide? <laughs> no. I reckon she's from Adelaide. <laughs> I'm on to her. <laughs> I really like that ridiculous thing that you actually see people do you'd be like, oh, you know, like the only examples I can think of are racist. But racists would be like, oh, they only got that job because of the, you know, affirmative action. But it's like, no, I actually got it for these reasons. They're like, sure you did. (laughs) And you're like, I don't know how to argue with that total disregard of reality. Like I've seen people actually do it. Be like this thing. You're like, no, it's that show this. And they're like, no, I still think it's this thing. And you're like, it's not. I just proved it. What more do you want? Yeah. Those people are frustrating. For me, the best example is people who are like, I don't really think that women are less likely to get hired because of their gender. I think that is a big smokescreen that feminists have come up with. And you point to the studies. The best one is, do you know about the blind orchestra auditions? Oh, no. At some point, a massive orchestra decided to start auditioning people behind the screen. Yeah, right. So they couldn't see the person, only hear the music that they were playing which for an orchestra is literally all you need. I mean, there is some performance element to being in an orchestra. Yeah, there's a performance of the music that you're performing. Yeah, I know, but there's like, you don't watch an orchestra behind a curtain. You see them. Right, but, but I, at the but, same time, it yeah. shouldn't matter if they're a guy or a girl or if they're black or white. Yes, yes. A year or something, something like a year after they implemented this policy, they went from 90% male to 50% male. Yeah, wow. It just immediately proved that the gender bias absolutely existed. Like, it, I don't know how you could be any more conclusive than that. I have had multiple arguments with people where they've been like, oh, I don't believe in the gender bias, blah, blah, blah. I show them that study and they're like, yeah, I still don't think it's true. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, I don't know how to address that. My brain short circuits and I go, I don't know how to proceed with this conversation when you ignore evidence. You don't even rebut the evidence. You just ignore the evidence and go... Well, I still think I'm right. Yeah, well, I still think I'm right. (laughs) What were we talking about? How are you was the question. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, how are you is the question. It's funny because I have conflicted feelings about this podcast because, one, I'm like, there's going to come up that question of how are you, and I don't want to be really, like, you know, negative. You don't want to be a flannel. Yeah, I don't want to be a wet flannel. 
And at the same time, I kind of enjoy this podcast because I get to sort of like talk around my reality. If that makes sense? Not quite. As in, I mean, of course, I talk a lot about how I'm doing on this podcast, but we also have lots of interesting conversations that aren't about that. And that helps to distract me. Right. So I shouldn't ask you how you are. I don't know. I don't know, man. Because if you don't ask me how I am, then I'll be like, he doesn't care. <laughs> Have you ever asked me how I am? That's a good question. I feel like we could go back. I probably haven't. I'm not saying that that thought process is is fair. I'm not even sure that I would have that thought process, to be honest. I think I'd be like, oh, man, I'm so glad you're not asking me how I am. Because the answer is sort of shit. This was something. I don't want to be a dick. But this was something that... Oh, yeah, we talked about it this in our relationship. Yeah, it used to really frustrate me because I would have some kind of news or some kind of new emotion that I'd discovered in myself or I would have something going on and for whatever reason I would be like, I cannot wait until SJ asks me how I am or how my day was or how it's going so I can tell her. And you would never ask and I would just... I would notice that and I would probably unfairly, like probably unreasonably get really like well, I'm not going to tell her until she asks and then end up really frustrated and angry because you wouldn't ask. And this sounds like I'm, I'm telling the story to be like, SJ doesn't ask how I'm feeling, which is not my point. It's just like, this was actually a thing that frustrated me. It doesn't bother me anymore. It's just different people converse differently. Different people interact differently. You don't think to, and this is not a flaw. This is not like a fault that you need to overcome. You don't think to go, how was your day or how are you? Because... I was going to say, yeah, sorry. I'm curious. Why do you think I do that? Because you don't build that narrative in the way that I do. I go, you don't, you don't plan the conversation the way I do. I go, okay, SJ is going to ask, how was your day? And then I'll be able to be like, actually, this happened. And because she brought it up, it'll have more of an impact. And because I have that in mind, I will make an effort to ask you how your day is oh. as a lead in for that story. Sure. Whereas I don't think you think like that. If I'm wrong, let me know. But I don't think that you're going here's my news, what's the coolest narrative in which I can present that? Like, how would this ideal conversation go for the maximum impact? You just come home and you're like, Peter, this thing happened. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I don't ask you how are you so that you'll ask me how I am. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying <laughs> I ask you for the purpose of you asking me back. I'm saying I mentally plan the conversation. And because it has the how are you at the start, on days when I don't have anything going on or on... on most days, I'll be like, let's start that conversation for SJ. Maybe she's got a cool thing that happened. Whereas you will think more, if a cool thing happened, they will bring it up. It's funny, though, because I think that this is a specific situation with you. It's definitely not just me. This is something that's common to a lot of people. No, I mean, I don't know if you remember us talking about this previously. On the podcast or just in life? I think on the podcast, probably also in life, that you... um you know, have feelings and aren't always fine all the time. Does that make sense? What? No, I don't know what you're talking about at all. Oh, so I'm just like, Peter's just totally fine. He's just doing his thing. If he needs something, he'll just tell me. We definitely haven't talked about this on the podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I think that that's just how I think about you. Because I'm a very simple, happy robot. You're just like, Peter's a simple, happy robot. Well, I just think that you're good at looking after yourself and you're good at communicating when you need something. So I'm like, if Peter has a problem, he'll just like 
straight up tell me. That's true, but sometimes I'll have exciting news. <laughs> yeah, and I expect you to just straight up tell me. <laughs> I like to be asked. Hey, Peter. Yes? Do you have any exciting news? I'm in Toronto. That doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> could, it, could it be, and this is just total conjecture, could there also be a factor of if my news makes you unhappy, why would you deliberately bring that on? What do you mean? So you said that when you, you read my tweet about making $50,000, you're like, Peter's doing well, I am crap. Yeah, I mean, then I work myself out of that, like, oh, it's actually really great that my friends are doing well. I'm just saying that I have more of a conversation with myself than just leaving it there. It would make sense not to prompt yourself to be like, let's find out a thing that Peter did so I can feel bad. Yeah, I suppose that, that that's kind of a bit self-flagellation. I should just go around and ask all my friends what their greatest achievement has been in the last month. Yeah, you should absolutely do that. That's an amazing thing to do. I know. It sounds like a great idea that... Oh, that would not be good for you. <laughs> yeah, that's, not... that's so strange to me. I know. I wish that I really, like, I really don't like that. So you said that and I forgot the context we were talking and I was like, that is such a good idea. I'm going to start doing that. And then had to mentally be like, oh no, shit, that doesn't work for SJ. Yeah. So that is all we have for this week. The second half of this conversation will be in next week's episode where we talk a lot more about depression and how we talk about it and drugs. And I'm afraid I sound very pseudoscience-y, but <laughs> we'll see. For now, we have an outro from the lovely Dorian. Thanks for listening to Being Honest with My Ex. If you've enjoyed the podcast, subscribe to us on iTunes, leave a review, and tell your friends. Peter is my favorite son. Thanks, Dorian. As always, find us on Twitter or stay in the conversation on my Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash Honor Eastley, H-O-N-O-R-E-A-S-T-L-Y. We've gotten a lot of emails since the last episode. We even had a fight, <laughs> sort of, over it. So it might take us a little while to get back to your emails, but please do send us your feedback if you have any. And I'm going to mention this because I can, that I ended up buying three copies of Peter's Game, which I'm unlikely to actually use any of them, but it is good to support your friends. See you next week.